Dirt under my nails Dirt under my boots Well you can say this dirt goes back before my grandpa's roots I should have stayed in school instead of running down this dream But that's how it goes with guys like me Boy, oh boy, we've got a doozy to get into on episode 43 of Campfire Conversations. I'm Cable Smith. Thank you so much for being here for our bonus content series. If you're not aware, the news uh, came out recently that our elected officials, our politicians in the Lone Star State, screwed over the general hunting public like I've never seen before. Uh, with SB 1236, which bans you and I from firing a rifle, a shotgun with a slug, or a bow with a broadhead or fletched arrow from any navigable waterway and its associated riverbed or streambed, whatever the case. Uh, This is literally thousands upon thousands of miles, miles of hunting opportunity that has been lost. Yes, you can still... Uh, use birdshot. You can still take shotguns with birdshot or buckshot, uh, but that's it. And you can bowfish. <laughs> but uh, you like to hunt feral hogs in riverbeds? Nope. Mm-mm. Not with those weapons. White-tailed deer? Uh-uh. Yeah, there's places you could actually mule deer hunt in Texas uh, in these areas. A lot of people don't know that. Uh, can't do that anymore unless you're using a shotgun with buckshot. So uh, a very limiting bill that has been passed statewide. Uh, it was originally proposed just to incorporate a few Panhandle counties and Lamb Passes counties. That was scrapped at some point in the process, and when they, our politicians just went ahead and passed it as a statewide bill that will go into effect September 1st of this year. So uh, to try to make sense of this and, you know, why it happened, how it occurred, because I, I don't understand how we weren't aware of it. I had absolutely no idea um, that this was going to be a statewide measure, but it is. It's been signed by the governor. It will go into law. So what do we do going forward, and uh, how did this all play out? Joining us now to try to uh, shed some light on the situation is our Texas Parks and Wildlife Assistant Commander, from our Game Warden Division, Stormy King, jumping on from uh, Austin, Texas. Thanks for being here. Yes, sir. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, So first of all, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, how long you've uh, worked as a a Game Warden, and what your current position is. Well, I was born down in the Rio Grande Valley in West Lakota, Texas, grew up there, uh, went to Moved off, went to A&M, College Station, uh, kicked around, worked some ranching jobs, some farming jobs uh, for four or five years, uh, maybe five or six years after graduation. I kind of kind of played around for a while and then applied for the Game Warden Academy and uh, became a Game Warden in 2005 and was stationed down in Jim Wells County, Alice, uh, you know, pretty deep South Texas, close to home, but not too close. And uh 
have been a game warden now for going on 19 years. And uh, currently I, I work at headquarters as the assistant commander of uh, wildlife enforcement. So basically anything that has to do with, you know, uh, fur, fin or feather, uh, well, not so much fin. We'll leave out the fin. Uh-huh. We have we have a fisheries uh, branch that that handles both salt saltwater and inland fisheries law. But I'm kind of a I don't know the a regulations guy. Uh, work on statute and regulation, and uh, kind of liaise with our wildlife division on on you know basically terrestrial wildlife related issues. Okay, I see a, a European mount behind you. Is that a buck that you shot? No, those are. Let's see. Jog my memory. Uh, There's nice brow tines on that one. The, the first road hunting case I ever made. Oh, wow. Uh, anything I've shot myself is at home. Yeah. Uh, maybe the, uh, the the top one actually is a is a pretty cool story. I don't know. I guess you can kind of see it. Uh, yeah. If you can, if you could see it very well, you can see that it's blue. The antlers are blue. And huh. that's that's from a dye that they put on uh, at the DPS lab to recover uh, fingerprints. That was actually uh, a deer that was poached off of a ranch uh, down in in the Premont area. Oof, probably 2006 or seven. Uh, they actually jumped that guy in the pasture and uh, and didn't find the deer. They called me and I got out there and and tracked the track followed his tracks to the deer and the cool part of that story is that they had uh evidently he'd gone off half cocked and didn't have a a knife and the deer was too dry <laughs> too heavy for him to drag so he gutted the deer with the lid from an altoids can oh, uh yeah. so that metal lid you know he, yeah. he broke and bent it bent it bent it until there was a sharp enough uh, edge you know i think there's something to that i, I prefer my poachers <laughs> to have good breath yeah, well, it, it's you got to give them credit for ingenuity, anyway. But, but uh, ne- never was able to ID that guy, so that's that one's there is just kind of a reminder of a cool story. But uh, did the whole shebang was sending the antlers and any other evidence I could find for fingerprints, and they were able to lift prints off of the off of the horns, but they didn't they didn't match anything on file. So the guy wasn't a hardened criminal, so he'd never been arrested and didn't have any. Uh, didn't have any fingerprints on file. Ah, interesting. Ah. Well, um, what I wanted to uh, discuss today, obviously, is SB 1236. For me, this is something that um, I kind of heard about maybe a month ago, maybe six weeks ago. Might not even been that, probably a month. I started getting messages from from uh, followers or a couple emails from listeners, and they were concerned that at the time this would affect their counties and it was, you know, I don't know, a handful of counties in South Texas and a few in the Texas panhandle. Um, and I was thinking when I saw, you know, what the proposal was, which was to restrict, uh, the take of, well, the, the, the firing of a rifle of a bow or a shotgun with a slug, uh, from, you know, river, river banks. Uh, I was thinking, well, for South Texas, maybe it has to do with I- illegals. Maybe we don't want hunters running in because we obviously have this incredible influx of illegal immigration and we don't want to have any violent altercations. Uh, but then the panhandle didn't make sense. So right. I don't know. When did when did you personally become aware that this was going on? 
Well, I think it's important to go back and, and you know, lay out that a, a limited number of counties have been, this has been in effect in, since 2005. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember the exact number, but like you said, it was mostly uh, some South Texas counties. Uh, and it was, it was like eight or some, somewhere in that range, eight counties in the entire state where this, okay. this law has been in effect. Uh, a year's maybe two sessions ago an amendment was made to that uh to that bill the uh sorry i'm getting messages as we're trying to figure out how to turn my noise off uh maybe two sessions ago an amendment was made to to that law to add hall county which is up you know in the kind of the lower eastern portion of the panhandle uh, and then I began hearing that, you know, we may see a bill to, to potentially add some more counties, I, I guess, right around the time the session started, which would have been January of this year. And then so obviously it evolved uh, at some point from the addition of, uh, you know, four or five new counties to, to, to its current state where it's, it's going to be effective statewide. Right. Right. That was the shocking thing for me. Okay. So that was the the proposal was just to add the panhandle counties, those South Texas counties that already existed, probably for the reason that I outlined, I would imagine. Uh, I don't know why else they would have that put there. Out of the entire state only. I mean, if you look at the counties, it's where you're likely going to encounter illegal immigration activity. So. I don't know. Well, I don't know. You know, obviously, the the situation in 2005 with immigration was a little different, probably sure. than it is now. Uh, I'd be hesitant to to make a leap to think that it was related to that. If you look, I think it was. You know, uh, again, 2005 is when I became a game warden. So right. this law was in the works in the 2005 session, uh, basically while I was still in the academy and knew absolutely nothing about it. You know. Mm-hmm the original law. So I, you know, I can't speak with hundred percent certainty of what the motivation was at the time, but I will say that, uh, you know, it was, there have been historical issues in some areas, uh, in the past along that Nueces river drainage or the Nueces river itself, basically, uh, and various other, whatever other navigable streams are in those counties that, uh, you know, I, I'm going to guess that it was probably related to some sort of landowner issue with with you know whether they were having a trespass issue or thought they did you know i don't know mm-hmm. uh but I, I don't think it would it at least in 2005 there wouldn't have had anything to do with immigration but i mm-hmm. you know i wasn't i didn't write the bill so right I don't know. <clears throat> so pete flores is a retired chief game warden from texas from from your department um yes sir to me reading his you know involvement he was very active in trying to push this that's surprising for a game warden former game warden now he's a texas senator but for him to try to limit hunter opportunity in a state that's 98 percent privately owned where hunter opportunity on public land or water is already crap anyway uh that was pretty surprising i was very disappointed to see that um and then shocked when you and I were talking yesterday, that not only had it incorporated the panhandle, but incorporated every county in Texas. And nobody knew about it. Like they did this essentially behind closed doors. 
there wasn't any opportunity for backlash because they did it under the cover of darkness, very shady dealings. Um, that w- I think that was the most disappointing thing and probably the most egregious abuse of power when it comes to anti-hunting legislation that I've seen in Texas in 15 years of covering the outdoors here. Well, in, in fairness, Cable, whether, you know, whether anyone... I know you're not going to bash our politicians. That, that's not why I brought you <laughs> well, on. Well, but I think it is important that I do, you know, uh, lay out, it, like, again, as I was saying, you know, whether you, I, or anyone else agree or disagree with the law, uh, you know, I think the term behind closed doors, uh, maybe without a lot of fanfare is, is mm. uh, would be a fair assessment. Uh, but it, it, you know, it did go through the legislative process. There were public hearings. Uh, these things are posted much, much like similar to, I know you've been to some of our commission meetings. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I've, I've met you there. Yeah, I've seen yeah. you at one or two anyways. Uh, you know, so, I mean, essentially, you know, they're, they're not really allowed by law to pass a law or change a law without that public opportunity. Now I, I will say I was, a little bit uh, surprised that, you know, some groups and some individuals like you or, or you know, some of these organizations that watch these things uh, weren't there uh, yeah. you know, because they have people that work downtown solely for to watch, you know, to know when these kind of things are going on. But, uh, you know, I will say because I was at one of. Oh, I don't know how many hearings it ultimately ended up getting in committee. Uh, but I was at one of them because I was downtown there for, for, you know, multiple bills that day. And then I watched the other, whatever other ones there were, I watched uh, remotely. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, they, the, the public hearings do occur. I mean, they're so there. Let me, let me ask you this. At what point in the process, because I think this is why I wasn't real concerned, is that it was only going to be, you know, a handful of counties in the panhandle. At what point in the process did it, go from that to because weren't you surprised you said I think you told me that you were kind of surprised when it passed as an amended statewide ban on those on those weapons in those situations that's the thing that was so shocking so I don't know where that was if if we would have heard I, I never heard anybody talk about it but I guarantee right. you I'd have been there if I would have known about it I, didn't, I don't nobody knew about it yeah. so somewhere like say, there was I, a disconnect I, I was I was uh I was surprised, I guess is a fair way to say that, that yeah. no one was there, you know, to, to, to speak against it. Do you uh, recall when it shifted though, from the, the panhandle, we're going to add those to no, let's make it statewide. Uh, man, I'd have to go back. You can look on, uh, online. I'd have to go back and look at all the specific dates, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, amendments can be added, uh, you know, there were some minor amendments added toward the very end of the process, but all but those, you know, are laid out basically uh, either in committee or on the floor of either the House or Senate. Yeah. Uh, but I couldn't tell you because it, it originally it, it was two separate bills. I don't mm. remember if you and I discussed this the other day. I think there briefly. was there there was a bill, you know, to add some counties in the panhandle and then a bill to add Lampasas County. Right. And yep. those were independent of each other at first. Well, you know, logically they were combined. And man, I, I couldn't tell you cable 
uh, right now with any certainty at exactly what point in time. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, it was probably sometime you know, between March and, and May or something like that, that, okay. that those amendments were tacked on. And I, and I think that happened. I think that occurred prior to the would have been the House committee hearing. But man, don't hold me to it. But so I guess my, why I'm saying like, I don't understand how we didn't know in, in the people that were sending me the emails and the notes on social media about it, they didn't know and they were trying to follow it because it was going to directly affect them. So I don't know anybody. I haven't talked to a person yet other than you that knew that it was proposed as statewide. I don't know. Um, well, that, so again, gonna, that wasn't how it started. That's yeah. that's what. It, that's so that's what, what I'm going to try to figure out when that changed, right. because we would have raised all <laughs> kinds of hell if uh, right. you know if we would have known. However, we didn't, and this is where we are now. The governor has signed it. It'll go into effect September 1st of 2023. Uh, so here's where here's what I think it is. It's wealthy landowners that think they own uh, the riverbed and don't want they don't want people shooting their deer. Essentially, I don't know how else to interpret it, why we would have a big stink about it. I, and I, I understand their perspective. Uh, and let me just say, like, background-wise, none of this really affects me. Personally, I have two deer leases. We don't have any navigable waters that roll through either one of them. Right. Um, and I haven't – I've hunted plenty of uh, WMAs. <coughs> Army Corps of Engineers properties for, for feral hogs and rabbits and stuff like that. But I haven't actually, you know, floated down a river to go hog hunting, but I've talked to a lot of people that have or do, and people don't realize how big these riverbeds are. You know, the river starts to dry up a little bit. Okay. Now you've got uh, a 200 yard wide stretch of, of property that you can hunt. And we all know, especially feral hogs use these as travel corridors doesn't matter right. where you go. That's, you know, they use those to get from A to B. Uh, big bucks also like to travel riverbeds. And I know it doesn't make sense to me. Well, I, I think that there's probably, a, there's, a, there's a pretty fair level of misconception about, you know, uh, what, are, what, what the riverbed in, in, in includes. Right. Uh, you know, I, I follow. I mean, I'm, I read outdoor forums and all that stuff, and I've been seeing some talk on on multiple of them here lately, and a lot of people. Uh, yes. Our game wardens, you know, FYI, our game well, wardens, it, our game wardens follow the outdoor forums because they're keeping tabs on what you guys are doing. Well, we're outdoorsmen too, you know. Yeah. But uh, you know, I see a lot of questions of like, well, it's already illegal to shoot deer out of a boat, you know. Well, yeah, it is, but we're not necessarily talking about. Uh, a river full of water here you know yeah. we're talking about what's legally uh you know defined as that the publicly accessible portion of a navigable river or stream bed which is at times hard to identify on the ground but uh could include a lot of dry land you mm-hmm. know uh like you say where 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 wildlife live and feed and travel and and uh, go to water and uh so i mean i think that's uh, probably something, you know, as our job on the enforcement side is, and, and why I'm here today, you know, is, is I want people to understand the law, uh, and, and I don't want them to feel like something's prohibited. That's not and overly hinder, you know, based on a conception, but also don't want them to think that it's only 
it only applies to, you know, floating down the river in a boat. You know, there, there's a lot of dry land involved in some of these, uh, you know, as you go from circumstance to circumstance and location to location across the state, you, you could be talking about a lot of what people would not think is, oh, that's not a river. Well, legally, it's part of that river bed, you know. Yeah. Well, and that's the crappy thing. That's, that's so much. We just lost, I don't know how many thousands of miles of, of huntable land. Yeah, and I don't. But now it's you know, closed to the general public. I think only time will tell. Well, you know, again. So well, that, okay, you can still duck hunt. You can still we're, both we're transparent. Fish, but, you know, blah, blah, we want to be transparent. Um, it's not closed to the public. Uh, and I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious as as you know, time will tell whether it actually affects you know how many folks go out there, or whether it will just affect how they you know how they hunt. Because I mean, you can deer hunt with buckshot. You know, yeah. uh, not now I fully understand that that's more challenging than, than, uh, than, you know, it's a lot harder to get 50, 75 yards from a deer sometimes than it may be to get 300, you know? So that's an, that brings up an interesting point. You can still shoot deer with buckshot, but you can't use a bow and it's harder to kill them with the bow. So I don't understand that at all. Yeah. I, I... <laughs> Uh, that, that, uh, again, I, I, you know, I think maybe this current, uh, change was, was done in the statute where it was because it was pre-existing and that language is in there, uh, whether or not, you know, the current intent, uh, this time around was, was the same, uh, that's, that's where it got put, mm. uh, you know, another thing, you know, there are some exemptions and there's, some exemptions in there for archery equipment used for bow fishing. Yeah. Uh, shot can't have, only. A, can't have a broadhead and can't have a fletched arrow. And That's... and can't have a bow without a reel and line attached. Uh, okay. the, and then, uh, you know, the, the one amendment that, uh, you know, basically at with a little that we were able to, and I don't think it had occurred to anyone uh, that, we were able to, I see, cause I see a lot of questions on these forums about, you know, alligator hunting. Uh, of course, you know, it's illegal currently on, on a public river anyways, to just shoot an alligator. You have to catch it on a line, but we were able to get an amendment, you know, uh, put in there to exempt the discharge of a firearm for dispatching that, that alligator on a line. So, you know, most people, you catch an alligator on the line, you, you've got to, you know, you've got to end it somehow. And uh, right. generally that's a firearm. And so we were able to get an amendment. Uh, I say we, I mean, the, an amendment was added to get, uh, to allow for that. Uh, but I, I really, you know. So, so you guys <clears throat> had a, a meeting yesterday, which you, you had told me, you know, cause we spoke on Tuesday, today is Thursday. And y'all were trying to make heads or tails of how to interpret it and potentially enforce this going forward because yeah, some of it seems kind of gray. Like, I, well, okay, here's this new thing. What do we do with it? The, the, yeah. the public is pissed <clears throat> off. How do we, you know, uh, how do we move? How do we go forward from here? And, uh, you know, this is totally unrealistic, but it would, it, it would be my, my solution would be, hey, you know, you see a lot of these sheriffs when a, a county or even a state passes anti-Second Amendment legislation. They go, yeah, we're not going to enforce that. So it would be great if, if, our, <laughs> if our game warden division was like, yeah, you know what, that's really stupid. It limits hunter opportunity. 
there's no good reason for it other than private landowners bitching and not wanting to share in a place that's already private anyway. So now we've, yeah, you know, it would be like, that would be my solution. That's obviously well, living, living in La La Land. But uh, yeah, yeah well, if you what, guys just what, said, we're not going to enforce that. Well, what you'll find uh, when when sheriffs or, you know, city police departments in other, in other state, you know, Texas or state licensed uh, police officers or, or law enforcement agencies make that statement, they're generally referring to a federal law that they are going to choose not to enforce, whether it's, you know, like you mentioned, some of the firearms related stuff, whether yeah. it's, uh, you know, uh, medicinal marijuana or recreational marijuana use, you know, it's still illegal federally to possess marijuana. Right. Uh, but whole states like, you know, I won't name them, but <laughs> have just said, hey, we're not going to enforce that. It's not mm -hmm. illegal at the state level anymore. Uh, so you'll find where that separation occurs is the difference between federal and state law. At yeah. the state level, you know, we are duly sworn and, uh, you know, over we have oversight by both the legislature, the governor's office, uh, the Texas Commission on Law Enforcement. Uh, we don't really get to to just lay out a blanket oh, statement. I know. Saying, oh, I know. We're not going to enforce this state law. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, you don't obviously you don't want to end your career prematurely either. So we I understand right. that component. I don't know. It's a tough deal. And, and one that, like, like I said blindsided the entire community um i will figure out at what point that amendment ch was changed to you know incorporate the entire state there's a lot of a lot of angry hunters out there and i think for good reason um so i don't know we'll see how this this goes moving forward i don't see how it benefits here's the here's the the biggest issue for me is that we have this hunting community the people on private lands hunt, the people on public lands hunt. All this does, in my opinion, is take these two groups and we'll just call them the haves and have nots right now. And it just widens the gap between the haves and have nots because you just took all of this land that the have nots had access to for rifle, shotgun, bow, and now they don't. And to me, that I just don't, I don't understand it unless it's just landowners being greedy. Yeah, you know, well, share. and and yeah. I can tell you, you know, game wardens in the field, not so much of me anymore. I haven't, I haven't, you know, been a, a real game warden out traipsing around in the brush for about eight years now. But, uh, you know, we we whether it, whether it's related to this or whether it's related to straight up, uh, you know, access disputes between family members on undivided land or and or these you know riverbeds related issues. I mean, we've been responding over time to, to, uh, you know, prior, prior to this even yeah. where on, on a, on a trespass related issue. And, and, uh, I mean, we're, we're right in the middle of those, whether we mm -hmm. want to be or not, you know, and it's often difficult to sort it out. And, and a lot of times, uh, you know, it's, a you know, j just kind of you know, a reference to what you're talking about. These, there, there will be conflict, you know, uh, and, and, we're going to be stuck in the middle of it, trying to sort it out right along with everybody else. But you know? I don't think that's, I think that's unavoidable. Like I, it, that is what it is. You, you know, right. No, right. I mean, I, I guess maybe I'm not doing a very good job, but that's the exact point that I'm trying right. to make, you know, and that, and that's not unique to, I mean, you, you have the same deal on, you know, national forests that border ranches in other States. It's, that's not unique to Texas. You're always going to have those issues. Um, so 
I don't know. Very disappointing. I do want to be very clear, though. This had nothing to do with Texas Parks and Wildlife. Didn't have anything to do with our, our game warden division. You guys just enforce the law. You don't make the law. And Texas Parks and Wildlife essentially had nothing to do with this. This was our state politicians that put this put the wheels in motion on this thing and got it passed. So uh, they're the ones who, you know, if you're pissed, you need to point the finger at them. Um, I do appreciate the time, Stormy. Thank you so much for making yourself available. And, yeah. uh, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of you guys, always have been. Uh, I know you're, you get a bad rap, but you're not out there trying to make life miserable for people. You're just trying to enforce the law. Um, so we support you guys. Thanks for, thanks for making time for us. And we'll, uh, we'll certainly monitor this thing as it moves forward. I don't know if there's anything we can do, um, but we'll at least raise awareness about it and see if we can potentially change it. Maybe in the next session, we raise enough hell. So. Anytime, anytime. Um, I'm, I'm always willing to, to, to try to provide some info if needed. Well, thank you very much for the clarity. We appreciate it. All right, sir. So there you go. Texas Parks and Wildlife Assistant uh, Commander from our Game Warden Division, Stormy King, joining us on Campfire Conversations. And, you know, kudos to Stormy. Uh, nobody wants to talk about this. Uh, clearly, nobody ever, nobody wanted to talk about it originally. They didn't talk about it, so we didn't know about it. Shame on us, maybe. I, I don't know, but I am going to visit with uh, Robert Ramirez. Uh, he'll, he'll join us on this week's uh, regular podcast radio show uh, he is pissed and he is the former director of uh, hunter education for texas parks and wildlife he's actually hunted these places growing up and he is livid and you know we're going to talk about another component um that really is completely separate from what stormy and i discussed today something that i think is a, a much bigger threat as far as the playbook uh, and how this was passed and, and what it means for anti-hunting legislation going forward. If they can do it in Texas, whew, they can do it anywhere. I cannot, can't believe they did it in Texas. It's, it's a shock to all of us, uh, but they did. So anyway, um, be sure to tune into this week's podcast. Uh, thanks to Stormy. Thanks to you guys for tuning in. Uh, be sure to spread the word. This is, this is something we need to fight as a group. Uh, so please, please tell your, your hunting buddies, we need to raise as much hell as possible. Until then, I'm Cable Smith saying, y'all have a great week in the outdoors. Uh, put three rounds in the Kate McCannon. 